So, um, you know, I talked to um, Sean this week about uh, what he's going to be preaching on. And how many of you like basketball? All right, there's some people, not everyone. <laughs> but what is the hottest team in basketball the past, past few years? Golden State Warriors, right? Everyone is on the bandwagon. Golden State Warriors. Well, you know, back in the 1980s, who was the team? The Lakers, right? The Lakers won five championships in the 1980s, right? And, you know, um, they had this thing where they had lost eight consecutive championships to the Boston Celtics, right? Boston owned L.A., and in fact, in the 1984 um, playoff series, NBA championships, it looked like the Lakers had the team to beat the Celtics. We had Magic Johnson. We had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know, we had James Worthy. We had all these Hall of Famers, right? And we knew we were going to beat them. And guess what? They lost, right? So come 1985, the Lakers had already been champions back in 1980 and, and 82. They were already champions. They didn't have to validate anything. But until they could beat their greatest rival, they were still not validated as champions. So it, it, that occurred in 1985, right? The Lakers finally broke through. This was a big thing. So that, that was validation. So I'm going to turn it over now to Sean, because that's how, I, how he wanted me to introduce this. So Sean. Praise God. <laughs> um, let, let me pray for us. Uh, Father, this is a big passage, and uh, probably I, I won't do it justice. I'll probably miss a ton of things. There's a ton of different levels to this. Um, so God, I pray that you would just uh, work amongst us, that your Holy Spirit would use my meager words um, to, to bless the people here, to best bless the congregation. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, so... Uh, you know what I like to do on a day where there's nothing else to do, which doesn't happen very often because, you know, we live in Orange County, Irvine, it's, it's very busy, but do you know what I like to do? Basketball. Priscilla got it, basketball, right? Um, so, um, so, you know, I, I do this um, a little bit and, and actually play at work um, a couple times a week if I, if I have the opportunity. Um, so we're, pretty, we're, we're playing at work at lunchtime, and I'm pretty happy because my team's up 13-0. And um, because, because we're up, I'm getting a little lazy, and um, the ball's passed to the guy that I'm guarding, and he's like in the corner at the three-point line, and so I'm like, oh, crap. And so I'm running out to, oh, sorry. I'm, <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, so I run out, run out to him, and, um, and he's in the corner, and, and, and I'm, I'm running up to him, trying to get to him, and he shoots the ball, right? He shoots the ball over me, and, um, and all I can hear is the sound of the net going swish. <laughs> I'm like, ah. Oh. Um, and this guy, okay, 
his name really isn't Bob, but we'll just say it's Bob. Um, he winks at me. <laughs> and oh, that makes me so mad, right? He winks at me. And you know why, you know why it makes me mad? It's not because he made the shot. It's because I was supposed to be there, right? I was supposed to be there to guard him, and I know it's my fault, right? So what do I do? I'm full of grace, blah, 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 right? No, 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 no. That's not what I do. I walk up to him very quietly, and you know what I say to him? Fidel, you know what I say? I say, scoreboard, <laughs> right? Because we're still up 13 to 3, right? I, I don't know why I say it. Uh, you know, you know it's, it's not a very nice thing to say. Right? But I think the reason why I said it was because inside me, there's an animal, right? There's, there's like this, this person I need to win so badly, right? And, and why do I need to win? Because it's validation. It says I'm good at something, right? And everybody feels like they need validation, okay? And, and I don't know, um, there's, there's, a ton of, there's a ton of scoreboards in life, right? There's a ton of scoreboards in life. Some think it's their bank account. Some think it's the size of their house or the car they drive. Um, maybe it's your job title, okay? But there's a ton of scoreboards in life. And what is the scoreboard for churches, okay? Um, numbers, right? People go, oh, like when there's a lot of people at the church, you must be doing something good, right? Okay, is that how we feel validated? Is that how we should feel validated? Okay, um, so we're going to talk about Mark chapter 9, the, the transfiguration, okay? And if you have your Bible, you can open it to make sure I'm not being heresy, like preaching heresy or something like that. Um, so before we, before we talk about Mark chapter 9, let's look a little bit, uh, I'll do a very fast version of Mark chapter 8, okay? Because there's context to all this, okay? How many knew that there's actually the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000? Okay, there's actually two separate events, the feeding of multitudes, right? I actually thought it was only one until I was like 20 years old. Okay, so there's actually twice. And in Mark chapter 8, it's the feeding of the 4,000, okay? And then after the feeding of the 4,000, they get in a boat and they go across the lake and they have this argument about, bread and the yeast of the Pharisees. Um, what is the yeast? Well, you'll have to read it for yourself, okay? That's a message for another time. Um, and then um, there's the healing of the blind man. And then um, here's, here's the climax of the first, chapter, uh, first eight chapters of the book of Mark, okay? This is the point where P Jesus says to Peter, he says, who do you say I am, right? The, to the disciples, actually. And Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the Christ. Okay, that's big words, right? You're the, you're the Messiah. You're the Savior of the world. Big, big, big. Okay? And, and then later in the chapter, Jesus says, oh, I have to die. Right? I have to die. And, and Peter's confused. I, you, I just said that you are the Christ. You're the guy who's going to live Forever, you're going to help us overthrow the Romans? And you can't say that, Jesus. So he rebukes him. And, um, and this is always a weird passage, right? Like, why is he saying he's, he's dying? Like, this is very, very strange, okay? 
And, and, and here's the answer to that. Um, Jesus says, you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Okay? Peter thinks he's going to be part of something big, right? Lots of people, lots of, we're going to take over the whole world. But now he says he's going to die? You can't be a leader if you say stuff like that, right? Okay, we'll, we'll get further on. Okay, that's just kind of a preview for chapter 9. Okay, this is, this is the transfiguration. Okay, and we'll ask Dwayne to read for us. Can you turn on Dwayne's mic, Daniel? Okay, good. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Okay, so the transfiguration, right? Um, Peter said it before that Jesus was the Christ. This, this confirms it, okay? Um, how's that for validation, right? You're, you, he turns this white, white, really super bright white, and then there's, who, who are the number two people for Jews? Like the number two prophets, the most important people? Moses, Elijah, right? Moses led them, uh, he was the man who was the head man where God led them out of Egypt, and Elijah, like, he was, he was a really, really big prophet, right? So he's glowing white, he's talking to the number one and number two guys, okay? That's, so, so what do we do with that? What, we don't know what that means, that he's the Christ, like he's glowing white. What do we do with all that, okay? I don't know what that means. Okay, for, for, for more about that, let's, let's, let's keep reading, okay? So Dwayne. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Okay, I often think that's kind of a weird thing to say. Okay, Peter goes, let's build some tents for you, right? Because, because okay, this is the son of God. Like, he's dazzling white. There's these two dead guys that are alive, okay? And he says, uh, let me build some tents for you. That seems weird, doesn't it? Like, wh why did he say that, okay? I think um, he said it because he didn't know what to do, okay? He had no idea what to do with that situation, like, like Christ, like the Son of God. Like, what, what do I do here, okay? Um, so, so he says, okay, let's put up a shelter. Like, is he going to put up, like, he's going to put up a bunch of sticks? Like, this is going to be for Elijah? What? <laughs> like, he's going to have something like that? Or maybe he had some cloth with him and he'll make a, like a slightly better tent, right? So, I don't know, Peter seems kind of weird to me, but at the same time, okay, he didn't know what to do, but what if I was in that situation? I wouldn't know what to do either, right? Maybe I would do something like that, <laughs> right? Because, wow, that's, that's a tent fit for a king, right? Okay, but, but see, like, is there, like to Jesus, like who transcends the physical world, is there a difference between those tents? Like, is Jesus, is Jesus going to be more happy with this tent than the other tent? Like, he lives in heaven, right? So, like, this is, this is like filthy rags to him, right? Um, 
You know, we're in the presence of the Almighty God right here, right now. Okay? And, and what are we doing? We're, we're building tents, right? Um, you know what, I, what the easiest thing for me to do is? It's to set up equipment. Okay? I set up equipment on Sunday mornings, right? And, and you know, when, when you set it up good, you feel good about yourself, right? You feel like, oh, like the speakers are perfectly straight, the stands are in the right place, and the, everything's good. And if you do it fast, it's even better, right? Um, it's something, it's, it's tangible. Like you feel like, oh, I did something good for God. Praise God, I could do this for God, right? It's something tangible. And you know what else is tangible? A pretty PowerPoint, okay? A pretty PowerPoint, like the, the, the size of the words are the right font, like, um, you know, 32 point instead of 26 point, okay? It's tangible. Like, you go, oh, I did this for God. Thank, thank you, God, that I could do this for you, right? Um, I have a confession to make, okay? Um, I have a confession to make. I'm an elder at this church, and sometimes I get bummed out about the church, right? Because sometimes I'll lead a small group, right? And, and there's only like four people that show up, right? Or in the youth group, there's only 12 people out of the, I don't know, 28 or 30 that only 12 people come, right? Sometimes I see empty chairs here. Today it's pretty full, so I feel good. <laughs> no, but, um, no, but sometimes, sometimes I, I see those numbers and I, I go, what are we doing wrong here, right? What are we doing wrong, okay? Be and the temptation for me is to say, okay, I must be doing something wrong. We must, we must need to build a better tent, right? That's, that's the key to making more numbers, right, is to build a better tent. Um, I evaluate our church by numbers, is, but that's not the right metric, okay? Um, go ahead and read further. Um. Oh, 29. Okay. Oh, sorry. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. Okay, you can read this one too. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. And they asked him, why do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, to be sure, Elijah does, does come first and restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come, and they have done to him everything they wished just as it is written about him. Okay, what does Elijah have to do with anything, right? Like, what does he have to do with the Christ? Um, it, it says in scripture, okay, they replied, he had, a leather, he had a garment of hair and a leather belt around his waist. And the king said, that was Elijah, okay? Leather, uh, leather belt, uh, camel hair, right? And then about John the Baptist, John's clothes were made of camel hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey, okay? Maybe that's just a, a weird co coincidence, right? Don't, don't take my word for it. But hear it from a more reliable source, okay? F 
from, from actually from Jesus, it says, and if you are willing to accept it, he's talking about John, he is the Elijah who was to come, okay? John the Baptist was the Elijah to come. Like, and, and not only that, but do you see it? Like, Elijah was right there. He's risen from the dead. He's transcending the physical world. He's alive again, right? And, and Moses is there. And if Elijah can be resurrected, and if Jesus can be reject, resurrected, okay, what does that all mean? What does that all mean? Like, we don't understand. What does that mean that he's the Christ? Okay, here's another little example, okay? It's back, back to what we were talking about before, Mark chapter 8, okay? There's two miracles. One is the feeding of the 5,000. One's the feeding of the 4,000, okay? Feeding of 5,000 with five loaves, two fish, that's about 1,000 people served with one loaf right? Okay. How about this other one? Okay. Maybe this miracle wasn't quite as good, right? Because, because he, only, he only served 4,000 with seven loaves of bread. He had more bread per person. And maybe somebody has a quick calculator. How many, how, how many people did he serve with one loaf? Anyone? Anyone? What? 570 is a guess, right? It's actually 540. I did the calculation this morning, right? So pretty close, pretty close. 540, he, like, are, are those miracles, like, is that miracle less than that one? No, right? That's nonsense, right? It, it wasn't because, oh, man, like, if you had only brought more loaves of bread, we could have fed more people, right? It wasn't about that, right? What the people brought, what the people brought, that wasn't what fed the people, okay? The, the little, little loaves of bread. Like if I bring six loaves of bread instead of five, that's, that's irrelevant, right? What's important is what God did, okay? It's important what God did, not what we do, right? God's the one that, survived, that provides a miracle. It's not, it's not us, right? It's not about if our tent is nicer if we have a, a fancy tent instead of a lean-to. It's about God, right? So, so let's not get into this trap of always trying to build fancier tents because Jesus, God, he transcends that. He transcends the physical world, okay? I have a little funny anecdote here for you. Okay, look at the bulletin. This, this morning. Marissa and I pre-discussed this, so nothing, nothing against her. Um, but you know, the front of the bulletin, it really bugs her, right? Because she realized that she made the picture a little bit too far to the left. Okay, and it's not, it's not centered perfectly. Oh my gosh, the whole church is going to fall apart. Oh, people are walking out the doors already, right? Okay, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I, I told her, don't bother reprinting them. It's, a, it's okay, right? It's, it's, it's only a bulletin, right? But you know what? I, I might make fun of her a little bit, but I'm the same way, okay? I'll tell you a little story from my past, okay? When I was 14 years old, I was part of a youth group, and um, we had a youth group retreat, and I was in charge of making the program, okay? And... Um, you know, when you, when you make programs with multiple pages that look like this, it's not so easy because the, the, the pages are all out of order, right? Because 
I, I don't know. Anyone ever make a program like that before? Okay, you guys know. Not everybody knows how hard that is, okay? But, you know, this was, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you guys. Um, so, the, the, so there was no PowerPoint at the time, right? And you know what I had to work with? Do you guys know what that is? It's a typewriter, right? You press the T's, like, uh, 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 and sometimes you have to press them harder because they're not typing quite right, right? And when you make a mistake, there's no delete, right? You have to use whiteout, okay? Oh, man, it's terrible. It's the worst, right? And so, um, so then, then I make this program. I'm spending a ton of time on it. And, um, and then at, like, it's, it's now, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, I start making copies. I don't make them on a Xerox machine, okay? I make them on a printing press, okay? And it's, now it's like, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, and like, it's not working, and I'm, and I'm crying because it's not working, and it's 4 in the morning, and oh, man, what a terrible experience. And like, when, when, when the whole thing is done, right, I get this, I get this um, program that's multiple pages, and there's smudges all over it, and the schedule's unclear. There's spaces where there aren't supposed to be spaces. Oh, it's so terrible. And I take it to the retreat. I'm so, like, ashamed of it. But, you know, I have it there because people need a schedule and people need what's in there. And you know what? The Holy Spirit worked during that retreat anyway. <laughs> right? <laughs> because, because, you know what? It wasn't dependent on me. It was dependent on God. Even, even the misaligned, not centered program, God, could, God is powerful enough that he could even use that. He could even use that. Um, I'm not going to have Dwayne read this. He already read it. Um, here's, here's the verse right here. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Listen to him. How's that for validation, right? God himself says, this is my son, <laughs> right? He says, this is my son whom I love, okay? I love this guy. That is the ultimate validation, right? Listen to him. Guess what? Brothers and sisters, we have that same validation. Don't let anyone tell you different. We have that same validation. We are his dear children. We call him Abba, Daddy, right? Don't let anyone tell, him, tell you different, okay? Listen to him, okay? Jesus only, okay? What does that mean? We, we seek to please him. We seek to please him only, only one, okay? We get our validation from Jesus, Okay, we don't need more people to come to this church to be validated. We seek to serve him and please him alone. Okay, we don't need a huge building to be validated. Those things, those things are the trap of the world. Okay, when we look around, we see, oh, there are not enough people here. That's a trap. Okay, let's not fall into that trap. So what then? What do we do? Okay, what does Jesus only mean? It means we need to pray, okay? Um, it's great. There's, the, there's this, this card in the bulletin. 
That's this week, right? May 3rd? May 3rd, this week. Okay, let's, let's come together and pray. Okay, because we need to. We need to read the word. Okay, that's listening to, to Jesus. Praying, li- reading the word, hearing from God, hearing from the Holy Spirit. That's listening to Jesus. Okay, conclusion. Always, always hard for me. Conclusions are always hard. Um, so Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. He transcends the physical world, and we need to listen to him. Okay. Why is it so much, why is it so much easier just to build bigger tents, right? Building, building, a, building a bigger tent, it's natural for me. It makes me feel good about myself. Okay? We need to focus on understanding that there's a spiritual world out there. Okay? God has everything covered physically already. Let's spend every day, every day, reading the word. It's more important than breathing. Let's not be deceived. Okay? Reading the word, praying, is the most important thing we can do. Um, would you guys pray with me? Father, thank you uh, that you are, are God, and we're not. Um, you transcend the physical underst- world and our understanding of it. Um, you're, you're way more important than we could ever realize. Um, God, we pray that we would spend our days um, listening, um, trying to hear your voice, praying throughout the whole entire day that we would... Um, we would seek your face um, because that's, that's the most important thing. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a convicting message for many of us, particularly those of us who are in leadership. But even if you're not, we always have this kind of bent in us, don't we? We just lay all those things down and worship Jesus. We're going to continue worship um, with giving back to God. And this is just our way of expressing our love for him, in response to who he is and what he's doing. So as this, the bag is coming by, if you want to just drop your welcome card in there. We're going to just continue worshiping the Lord today.
all stand together. You have no equal. You have no rival. You have no
Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.